Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Technically, a podcast. I'm Mia, a professional web developer and software engineer. Today, we're rolling out part two of our series all about building your online foundation. If you happen to miss part one, no worries. Give it a listen when you can. It sets the stage for what we are going to talk about in this episode. Today, we are going to get into how to choose a website platform and also some tips and tricks to grow your social media following and boost engagement. In part one, we talked a bit about website aesthetics and features that are crucial for a good website. Now we are going to take a step back and discuss website builder platforms. There are plenty out there, but for the sake of this episode, I'll introduce a few of the popular ones, Wix, Squarespace, and WordPress.com. Before we get started, I want to clarify some terms here that may not be obvious if you don't have a background in web hosting platforms. It may seem strange that I'm specifying WordPress.com rather than just saying WordPress. But there is a crucial difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org. WordPress is available in two different flavors, WordPress.com and WordPress.org. WordPress.com is similar to website builders such as Wix and Squarespace, making it a great option for beginners seeking a guided website creation experience. On the other hand, WordPress.org functions as a content management system, or CMS. This means you're responsible for obtaining and paying for your own hosting if you opt for WordPress.org. WordPress.org is one of the most extensively utilized software for constructing websites globally. It's free and open source. Open source allows for other developers interested in improving WordPress to customize and distribute enhanced versions. The fundamental WordPress software package is accessible for download by anyone from WordPress.org. Or alternatively, it can be integrated as a component of a hosting arrangement provided by a web hosting service like Bluehost or Flywheel. I recommend WP Engine because I have had good experiences with their customer service and tech support team. However, it can be on the more expensive side for monthly hosting costs, especially compared to something like Hostinger, which only charges $2 to $4 a month. Squarespace and other website builder platforms became popular in the early 2000s. People chose them because they were an all-in-one solution that required much less setup than traditional website options. In 2005, the company Automatic was founded by Matt Mullenweg, one of the creators of WordPress. Automatic released WordPress.com, a website builder platform for websites that, behind the scenes, are using the WordPress software. With WordPress.com, users are exempt from the need to download or set up WordPress themselves. Website builder platforms are like training wheels for beginners in the world of website creation. They come with easy-to-use interfaces and drag-and-drop editors that can make building a website feel more like putting together a puzzle. You don't need to know how to code or have technical skills to get started. The interfaces are all drag-and-drop based, and they offer a variety of pre-designed templates and design palettes that you can choose from. A template is a recommended basic structure and layout of the site. A design palette is a suggested color scheme, font selections, and other related design elements. The hosting and software updates are managed by the website builder platform, reducing the maintenance workload on your end. However, there are downsides to using website builders that business owners should be aware of. While templates are convenient, they might restrict your ability to create a truly unique website. Customization options can be limited, and you might find it challenging to implement specific design or functionality elements. While website builders offer convenience, they often come with subscription fees. As your website grows, you might encounter limitations in terms of scalability and advanced features. Some website builders are not well-suited for complex websites with advanced functionalities or complicated e-commerce needs. Over time, these costs can add up, and you might end up paying more than if you were to manage your own hosting and website software. 
When you opt for a website builder, you also give up a lot of control. You're reliant on the platform's features and updates. If the platform decides to discontinue a certain feature or change its pricing structure, it could impact your website. In essence, website builder platforms are a great starting point for beginners who want a quick and hassle-free way to create a basic website. However, if you're looking for more control, customization, and the potential to scale your website in the future, you might want to consider other options like a content management system, CMS, such as WordPress.org or even some other website technologies. For right now, I'm going to focus on builder platforms and the differences between them. Before 2023, there were some substantial differences between Squarespace, Wix, and WordPress.com in terms of pricing and feature availability. However, recently all of these companies have updated their features and pricing to be heavily competitive with one another. So, if you're looking for which one is best, the truth is, they all have very similar features and prices. We are going to break down the subtle differences found during a February 2023 study comparing Wix, Squarespace, and WordPress.com. If you are looking for a platform that is very easy to use and beginner-friendly, Wix and Squarespace both tied. Wix would have historically been the winner in this category, but Squarespace made impressive strides in user-friendliness. It climbed an impressive 11.1% in the rankings. This puts Squarespace on par with Wix in usability. WordPress.org ranked as slightly less user-friendly and a bit more complicated than the other two. Despite Squarespace's improvements, there are a couple of minor issues with the platform. For instance, you can't easily select and move multiple blocks and images together as a group. Additionally, unlike Wix, there's no autosave feature available. The lack of an autosave feature can cause great frustration if you find yourself losing updates to your site. Just ask my dad who uses Squarespace regularly. Nevertheless, crafting a clutter-free website is now more straightforward with Squarespace than it used to be. Wix is easy to use, but as you add features and customization, it can get disorganized very quickly. Squarespace's platform can take slightly longer to get used to than Wix, but once you get past the learning curve, Squarespace stays much more organized, even as customizations are piled on. The SEO features offered by both platforms are very comparable. One thing to note is Google Analytics is available for every plan tier on Squarespace, but Wix only offers Google Analytics to users on paid plans. We talked much more about SEO in part one of our Building Your Online Foundation series. So if search engine optimization is something you're interested in, check out our previous episode. The customer support for each platform is generally very responsive. One thing to note is that Wix has support available via phone, email, social media, and live chat. But Squarespace only offers support via email, social media, or live chat. If the phone is your preferred method for customer service, Squarespace might not be the platform for you. Squarespace and Wix are both platforms aimed at beginners, so support is very willing to walk you through the features of the builder platform. However, if you decide to add in features with custom code and CSS, the support team will not help you with any custom builds. If you are having issues with that type of customization, you will have to use the online community forums or consult a web developer. Additionally, I occasionally host free live streams and offer website support. If you have an issue that you are looking to get help with, you can fill out our tech support form linked on our website, curian.co. It is also linked in the episode description. If you're really on a tight schedule to get a website up, Wix added a new feature called ADI. ADI stands for Artificial Design Intelligence, and it lets you get a site up in a matter of minutes. Just answer some questions, and you have a website that's ready to go. If you have a really specific vision for your site or custom features, this is not the ideal workflow. I only recommend using this to get a temporary site up when you are short on time or don't currently have the resources to invest in a more complex site. Now, let's talk about e-commerce. 
both Wix and Squarespace provide users with the capability to sell both physical and digital products, including integration with point-of-sale systems. Both Squarespace and Wix's e-commerce packages offer a comparable array of features. Notably, Wix also enables users to conduct offline sales and accept payments upon delivery. This is not available with Squarespace. For both platforms, the base e-commerce plans start at $27 per month as of August 2023. If blogging is important to you, it can be done on either Wix or Squarespace. Both platforms offer features like post scheduling, categories, tags, and comment moderation. If you require more advanced blogging features, there are some paid integrations that can add a bit more functionality to these platforms. But if you're looking for a truly custom setup, you will likely want to use a WordPress-based site. Before we discuss the builder platform WordPress.com, we are going to quickly touch on WordPress.org, the content management system, and how it is different from traditional website builders like Wix and Squarespace. Traditional website builders use customizable templates to expedite the process of creating websites. These templates are ready-made with designs including images, layouts, and text. As discussed previously, Squarespace and Wix come with prepackaged templates with options for things like online portfolios, e-commerce stores, and blogs. Modifying the website layout requires dragging and dropping website elements. The editor's panel is designed to be user-friendly and code-free, enabling straightforward uploading of custom images and text. However, a significant drawback of utilizing a website builder is the restricted template choices and lack of advanced customization options. WordPress.org, on the other hand, does not use templates. It uses themes, and even though there's 800-plus template options available for Wix and Squarespace, this number pales in comparison to the extensive array of WordPress themes. There are 8,000-plus free themes available in the WordPress theme directory and thousands of premium themes on marketplaces like ThemeForest. However, in terms of customization, WordPress.org is much more complicated than Wix and Squarespace. While coding skills aren't an absolute must to construct a WordPress.org website, having some coding knowledge or hiring a developer will save you quite a bit of frustration. One reason coding skills and knowledge of the web is beneficial for a WordPress.org site is because you will need to choose a hosting provider. With Squarespace and Wix, that job is done for you. You pay a monthly fee and never have to think about where your site is hosted. This is not the case for WordPress.org. You must choose a hosting platform and are responsible for things like security updates and site backups. Some hosting platforms are more beginner-friendly than others, but that will come with trade-offs in price. Choosing a host for a WordPress.org site can be a very complicated topic, and there are many options out there. I will have to save the details of that for another episode. If you have decided your business requires custom features, for example, drop shipping, user accounts, user profiles, administrator tools, etc., you likely cannot use a Wix or Squarespace site. You are going to want to consider WordPress.org and other options. This is a complicated path, especially if you don't have a background in web development. I would recommend consulting a web developer, and they can assist you in finding a hosting provider and setup that is right for you. On our website, curian.co, we have some free resources on WordPress.org hosting providers. We also have developers available for consultation. Now back to website builder platforms. WordPress.com is like the stepping stone between builder platforms like Wix and Squarespace in a full WordPress.org build. It offers plugins and much more advanced features than Wix and Squarespace, but doesn't require as much coding knowledge or choosing a separate hosting platform like a WordPress.org site. WordPress.com uses templates, but it does not use themes. It is important to note that WordPress themes cannot be used with WordPress.com. I have had many clients purchase WordPress themes thinking they can use them with their WordPress.com site, but they are not compatible. 
it is an easy mistake to make, so be aware of that. Because WordPress.com uses templates, not themes. It is limited in design customization, just like Squarespace and Wix. I recommend WordPress.com if you don't have the time or resources for a full WordPress.org build at the current moment, but do eventually want custom or advanced features for your website. Starting with WordPress.com can give you a little taste of what the WordPress admin dashboard is like without the complications of a WordPress.org build. It is also easier to transfer data from a WordPress.com site to a WordPress.org site. Transferring to WordPress.org from Squarespace or Wix can be tedious. To wrap up, I'm going to summarize the key points of the website platforms. If you are a beginner and need a site up now, Wix can get you there. Your site won't have advanced features or specific customizations, but you can choose a template or use the Wix ADI and have a simple site up in less than a day. Squarespace is also a good beginner choice, but may have a slightly higher learning curve than Wix. WordPress.com is a good stepping stone on a path to a more customized and advanced site. It provides more plugin options and gives you practice with the WordPress admin dashboard without the difficulties of a WordPress.org build. A WordPress.org site will give you absolute and full control over your site. You won't be limited by templates, and you will have full control over your theme and source code. Adding advanced features like support for drop shipping or custom user accounts can be a breeze if you have the right web developer. Hopefully that helps you choose which platform is right for your business. If you are still unsure, we have a free survey on our website, curian.co, that can help you narrow down what is best for you. If you don't have a coding background and have complicated design or other business needs on your website, I recommend working with a professional web developer. I'm going to briefly switch gears and talk about social media, specifically Instagram, and the best ways to grow your following. Instagram can be extremely valuable for small businesses because it provides a visually engaging platform to showcase products or services, connect with a broader audience, and foster brand loyalty through authentic storytelling. Its highly visual nature and diverse audience make it an effective tool for building brand awareness and driving customer engagement. The Instagram algorithm has gone through many changes in the last five years. So tactics that used to work to boost engagement and followers are no longer relevant, and in some cases they can even negatively affect your account. I'm going to go over a few of the common mistakes people make when trying to grow their account. I will also talk about outdated strategies and how to update them for the 2023 version of Instagram's algorithm. First, let's talk about hashtags and how to use them correctly. If you aren't familiar with them, Instagram hashtags are keywords or phrases preceded by the pound symbol that help categorize and organize content. They tell Instagram what your post is about so the algorithm can bring your post to a wider audience interested in the topics that match the hashtags. You have probably seen Instagram posts with dozens or more hashtags listed in the caption. This is an outdated tactic that used to get your post pushed out to a wider audience in the old algorithm. Nowadays, this tactic no longer works and can even be detrimental. Using a few specific hashtags that are directly relevant to your niche is more effective than using a multitude of broad hashtags because it helps you reach a more targeted and engaged audience. If you type in a general hashtag like travel, you will notice that there are thousands of posts that use that hashtag and they are sorted by popularity. If you are a small brand without thousands or even millions of followers, your post will not make it to the top page of that hashtag and it will not get much exposure. You want to use a hashtag where your post will not get lost in the sea of already established and viral creators. If you use a more specific hashtag that relates to your brand and has much less posts associated with it, you have a much higher chance of your post making it to the top of that hashtag. For example, the hashtag sustainable travel would be a much more narrow hashtag than just travel in general. 
Furthermore, an excessive number of hashtags can give off a spammy and insincere impression. You want to keep a professional and sincere appearance to attract genuine customers and followers. Additionally, the social media algorithm has actually changed, and Instagram tends to favor posts with fewer but highly relevant hashtags. Recent guidance from Instagram's corporate-backed creators account suggests that using three to five relevant hashtags per post is the most effective approach. This is your best bet to attract genuine followers and engagement. Speaking of followers and engagement, quality is much better than quantity. Having a smaller, engaged audience that's genuinely interested in your niche or industry is invaluable. It means that your content is reaching the right people who are more likely to convert into loyal customers. Don't fall for services or salespeople that promise to get you thousands of followers for a price. These followers will mostly be bought or inactive accounts and can actually get your account flagged or even permanently banned from Instagram. If you have thousands of followers but few likes and comments on your posts, your account will be categorized by Instagram as having low engagement. This means the algorithm will think you do not post interesting content, and it will not show your posts in people's feed as often. And most customers can see right through a large following and little engagement on posts. Now let's talk about how to calculate your engagement rate. It's a crucial metric that can help you gauge the effectiveness of your content and your connection with your audience. For this year, the basic formula for calculating your engagement rate is as follows. Engagement rate equals the total engagements divided by the total number of followers multiplied by 100. Let's break that down. The first step is to tally up all the interactions your posts or account have received. This includes likes, comments, shares, saves, and any other forms of engagement like story views or profile visits. This sum represents your total engagement. Next, divide this total engagement by the number of followers you have. This is your total followers. Finally, to express your engagement rate as a percentage, multiply the result by 100. This rate is a powerful indicator of how effectively you're connecting with your audience. The higher the engagement rate, the more your audience is actively interacting with your content. Obviously, it isn't super practical to add up all the interactions and engagements your account has received and divide it by your followers. There are websites online that will do this for you, and we will be adding helpful tools like this to our website, curian.co. If you have a business Instagram account, you can find the engagement rate for individual posts by clicking the View Insights button. An engagement rate under 1% is low, especially if you don't have very many followers. A rate between 2 and 4% is considered good, and a rate above 5% is very good. The more followers you have, especially if many of them are inactive or bought accounts, the harder it is to get a good engagement rate. With Instagram, what goes around comes around. So if you take the time to leave genuine comments on other users' accounts, they will be more likely to engage with your content. There are many third-party services that advertise automating interacting with other posts to foster engagement on your profile. However, none of these services are endorsed by Instagram, and using them is a direct violation of their terms of services and can get your account banned. They used to be effective in the past, but Instagram has been cracking down on the use of these services, and they can tell when a third-party service is accessing your account, rather than an actual human using the app. So be careful about signing up for anything that advertises a service like that. If you suspect your account has been flagged by Instagram or shadow ban, there is an easy way to check your account status. When you are on your profile page, click the menu icon with the three lines on the top right, then click Settings and Privacy. Scroll to the bottom and click Account Status. This will tell you if you have been flagged, what behavior led to you getting banned, and what steps you can take to reverse the ban. If you have more questions about this, see our blog post at curian.co. If you want to grow your following and get true engaged followers who are real people and not bots, the most important things are consistency, calls to action, and community interaction.
you don't have to post every day. Again, quality is better than quantity. So if you didn't have time to make engaging and informative content, don't waste your time posting something that is not engaging. But it is good to post at least four to five times per week. You can make your content in batches and use Meta's new free scheduling tools to schedule your posts out in advance. Currently, authenticity is trending. For the most part, people are tired of filters and picture-perfect influencers. It might seem counterintuitive for social media, but sharing candid content and personal stories and experiences in your captions is resonating with audiences currently. Brands also tend to do better when you show people's faces. So don't just post pictures of your products or inspirational quotes. Take a video that introduces you as the owner or the members of your team. People want a chance to connect with the humans behind the brand. It is an Instagram's best interest to keep people on the app. Therefore, they reward users who are really engaged with better visibility in the algorithm. To encourage engagement on your posts, leave comments on the stories, reels, and posts of accounts that you want as followers. It is better to do this on small accounts with only a few hundred or thousand followers to ensure your efforts pay off. You can also add accounts relevant to your brand to your close friends list. This will help Instagram categorize what kind of account you have and what sort of people to show your content to. If you need help finding how to add an account to your close friends list, check out our blog post at curian.co. Before you post your next reel or post, spend 15 to 20 minutes commenting on the posts of people relevant to your niche. One way to do this is to look up a specific hashtag that doesn't have too many posts in it and go down the feed leaving genuine and supportive comments on posts with fewer than 100 likes. I bet many of those people will read your kind comments, follow your account, and start interacting with your content. This can be time-consuming, but it is the only way to grow a genuine following. There is no shortcut to a large and engaged Instagram following that is not made of bots. There used to be ways to fake it in the past with third-party software or by followers, but Instagram has become wise to those methods and will punish your account. I would avoid any service or salesperson that promises a shortcut to thousands of genuine followers, unless they are a social media manager that is going to take the time to manually engage with other accounts and create targeted content on your behalf. Another important aspect of social media marketing is having call to actions in your post. Before you post, think about the goal of the post. Is it to have more people follow you? Is it to have people visit your website? Is it to have customers send you a direct message? Once you have a goal in mind, write it in your caption. For example, when making an Instagram reel, use the first three to five seconds to flash a catchy headline on the screen. Then put in your call to action to tell users where to go for more. For example, the headline Labor Day sale everything half off. See caption for more info. Catches people's attention and encourages them to interact with your post. Personally, I hate seeing those Instagram reels that tell me to look in the caption. But it does work. I find myself clicking and reading captions on posts that I otherwise would not have thought twice about. As annoying as it might seem, it is definitely a strategy that gets people to click on your stuff. You will probably see ads and articles about social media growth software and some of them even promise no bot followers. But if you look at the author of the article or review, it will usually be from the blog of the company that makes the software or an influencer who is paid by the company. Save your money and instead use it to hire a real human social media manager or pay for an Instagram ad. If you create content with a good call to action, Instagram ads can be worth the money and you can spend as little as $1 on an ad and have good results. Now we are going to switch gears again and talk a little bit more about websites and dive deeper into some more advanced concepts in web development. While it is an extremely popular choice, WordPress.org is not the only choice for a custom website build. There are many other tech stacks that can produce extremely powerful and elegant websites. 
When I say tech stack, I am referring to the set of building blocks that developers use to create the different layers and functionalities of a website. For this last part of the episode, I am going to get a little bit more technical. I am going to introduce a few more advanced concepts in web technology. These are not platforms for beginners, but I want to introduce them because many businesses require complicated software solutions to enhance their workflow and maximize profits. If you have already decided that Wix, Squarespace, or a WordPress-based site is what is right for your business, you can skip this next bit. But I think it is beneficial to be aware of what technologies are out there. You never know, in the future, as your business grows, your site might need an upgrade. Okay, let's dive in. In custom builds, developers use different programming languages and frameworks for the front end and back end of the website. The front end is the part of the site that users see and interact with while the back end refers to the behind the scenes logic and functionality of the website. In 2023, some of the most popular tech stacks are referred to by the acronyms MEAN and MERN. Each letter in the acronym stands for one of the building blocks in the tech stack. In the case of these tech stacks, each of the letters refers to an open-source JavaScript-based technology. JavaScript is a versatile and widely used programming language primarily employed for web development. It enables developers to create interactive and dynamic elements on websites. MEAN stands for MongoDB, ExpressJS, Angular, and Node.js. These are the names for the four open-source JavaScript-based technologies that work together to create both the front-end and back-end of a MEAN web-based application. The MEAN tech stack is popular among developers who prefer to use a single programming language, JavaScript, for the entire application, from the back-end to the front-end. This consistency can lead to increased development speed, code reusability, and easier collaboration among full-stack developers. It's important to note that the MEAN stack is just one of many possible combinations of technologies. There are also variations like the MERN stack, which replaces Angular with React for the front end, and the MEVIN stack, which uses Vue.js for the front end. The choice of tech stack depends on the specific project's requirements, the development team's expertise, and the goals of the application. In 2017, Google released a very interesting web framework called Flutter. Using Flutter for your business website could be very beneficial if you are planning to have a web app. It is an expensive investment to hire a Flutter developer, but it can pay off to have a robust website and mobile app for both Google Android and Apple iOS phones. I definitely only recommend Flutter to businesses that need a web app with complicated features. It is definitely overkill and not worth the expense for most small businesses, but I wanted to mention it because it is a really cool technology that can set your business up with custom mobile software and a website in one full suite. Okay, we have covered a lot about web builders and web technology in today's episode. If you missed something, don't worry. The full transcript for this episode, as well as links to resources, can be found online at curieann.co. That's curieann.co, not a .com domain, .co. Before we close, I am going to turn it over to Ethan. He is going to keep us up to date with all the relevant tech news from the week. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Tech Wrap-Up with Ethan. This week's top tech tool we use is Zubtitle. At Curieann.co, we use Zubtitle all the time with our clients. Studies have shown that roughly 80% of social media videos are watched on mute. So without subtitles, your content may just be passed over. With Zubtitle, their AI makes it easy to generate both captions and text timestamps, allowing us to highlight text as it's said in the video. We use it at Carry & Co. to quickly transcribe and add on screen captions to videos. You can easily change the placement of the captions, colors, and fonts. There is a free version of the software, but heads up, if you use the free version you'll have a limited number of videos you can make every month, plus it will add a watermark. 
If you plan on making a lot of videos with voiceovers, we think the Pro version is a good investment that will save you a lot of time in the long run. Curious to see if Zubtitle is a good tool for your small business? Head over to Zubtitle.com for all the details. Next up, it's Monday, September 11th. Here's the tech news you should know going into this week. First, the Google Play Store, but on your iPhone? That and more may be coming as the EU unveiled its next step in big tech regulation, the Digital Markets Act. This act has its sights set on some of the tech giants, tagging them as gatekeepers in the industry. They're being called out for their size, industry dominance, and practices that, according to the EU Commission, stifle competition by locking users into their own software, tools, and payment methods. Who's on the hit list? Well, it's a star-studded lineup, including Alphabet, the parent company of Google and YouTube, Amazon, Apple, TikTok, owned by ByteDance, Meta, and Microsoft. The move poses to bring in major changes, forcing these companies to open up their services to competition and get rid of package defaults. Messaging services like WhatsApp are expected to be required to have cross-platform compatibility with other messaging services like Telegram. Operating systems like iOS and Windows and web browsers such as Google Chrome will need to make it even easier than ever to switch your default apps, search engines, and even app stores. Finally, social platforms like TikTok may also face stricter regulations, possibly putting an end to their practice of tracking your online activities outside the app. In more social media news, on Thursday the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a lower court's ruling that the federal government has been illegally violating Americans' First Amendment rights with its involvement in suppressing misinformation on social media. The appeals court ruled that the White House, FBI, and top health officials may not coerce or significantly encourage social media companies to remove content the government considers misinformation, a practice that began in response to COVID-19 and has continued to this day. Officials were found to be in direct communication with social media moderation teams and even had personalized tools to request content restrictions and bans. While many expect this matter to be elevated to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Department of Justice has yet to make a statement, and their deadline for filing an appeal is rapidly approaching with only seven days until the injunction goes into effect. On the lighter side of the news, this year's smartphone cycle is reaching its peak. In an effort to grab some of the attention away from the upcoming Apple showcase, Google has revealed its new line of Pixel phones and watches early. While no prices or specs were given out, Pixel users have finally got their first official look at the design of the new devices. Finally, in the world of business, the chip industry continues to keep things interesting. Just two weeks after Intel scrapped their plan to acquire Tower Semiconductor, the two companies surprised everyone by signing a new deal. Intel plans to provide manufacturing and foundry services to Tower, which, in exchange, is expected to invest up to $300 million into new equipment for Intel's New Mexico facility. And, across the pond, British chipmaker Arm has made waves with updated IPO filings, hinting at an expected valuation of a whopping $52 billion. That's a remarkable 60% increase from its purchase price back in 2016, though it falls short of Arm's initial IPO filing in April, which aimed for nearly $65 billion. While there's no official IPO date yet, many experts anticipate seeing Arm go public by the end of 2023. So, keep your eyes open and wallets ready. Thanks for listening. This has been Ethan with your Tech Wrap-Up. We are now coming to the end of our two-part introductory series on building your online foundation. We covered website design basics, social media tips and tricks, and how to choose which website platform is right for your business. These two episodes provide a good foundation, but we have just scratched the surface. There is so much more to talk about, so stay tuned for our upcoming podcast episodes. Coming soon, we will have guests on to share their expertise and experiences in topics like social media, digital marketing, and web design. We will be sharing online resources and software tools that help facilitate a strong online presence. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please request it on our website.
all this and more in our upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Our website, curian.co, is linked in the episode description. For more on choosing a website platform, sign up for our newsletter, take our online quizzes, and follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are at Curianco. If you have questions about today's episode, please leave us a comment on our website. We'll be back next week with a gentle introduction to ChatGPT. We will go over the basics of AI and how you can utilize it for your small business. No coding knowledge required. You don't want to miss it.